This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. AM 570 KLAC, 987 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. An LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Pete. Pete. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on AM570LASports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. Now we continue on. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Uh, later this hour, let's talk about this a little bit. We tried to do it at the top of the show. We got sidetracked. Teams that do not perform well during the regular season, but do perform well in the playoffs. Now, if you're spending money and going to a game and you can't afford the playoffs, when you go to the game, you want to see the stars and you want your team to win. But what if they really looked at it like, eh, the regular season's the regular season. You saw what happened to the Dodgers. They won 111 games and lost in the playoffs. So really, what is better? Go all out in the regular season because if you spend money, you go to the game you want to see. Or if you go to the game, you get what you get. We'll worry about it later in the playoffs. That's coming up. Now let's bring on our NBA insider, a man with the Lakers, a man embedded. It's our dear friend Dan Wojcicki. And Dan, good afternoon to you. Guys, hello. I am very embedded. Um, quite literally, actually, I'm in my hotel room getting ready for a late start tonight. So, Very good. We'll start with this. Yeah. Russell Westbrook wasn't going to play, is doubtful. Do you expect we'll see him tonight? I, I doubt we will. I think it is. Um, I, you know, I think... Um, I think in addition to the injury in general, right, Fred, like just I think a little temperature cooling is probably in everyone's best interest. Now, um, we'll see if the temperature cools down if the Lakers go and play great tonight. Um, that could certainly ramp things back up in that sense. And then, you know, if, say, Russ was able to come back Friday and doesn't play well, um, that's sort of the, the risk that everyone runs here. But, I mean, I think you want him physically right, and if you – you know, if he doesn't feel physically right, I think we can all pretty safely say, you know, the mental break would be helpful. Um, you know, they haven't said that, but I, I think it's, you know, I mean, Russ is a human being and this has been a pretty, a pretty challenging stretch. So to me, I think that, that all seems plausible, right guys? Um, you know, and, and I think you just get ready to, you make the best of the situation. And I think tonight, you know, you'll get to see kind of what it looks like without him on the court yeah yeah and that'd probably be the uh, <laughs> i don't know if the worst worst thing if, if they go out and play well and look sharp and hit shots and russ is not playing that that just starts a whole new ball of wax um i mean it's a, Rodney, but, just not to interrupt you though it is the situation they've sort of created for themselves right yes i mean yes. where it's sort of like it is impossible to to until this gets dealt with Right. And by that, I mean, 
either he gets traded or you say we're not trading him. He's here. He's on our team. You know, um, unless one of those two things happens, like this is kind of just going to be, you know, the way it is. I mean, he's going to have to play really well. The Lakers are going to have to win um, for it to not be like this. Uh, If one of those other two things is not happening, we're going to get a lot of this. This is going to be a pretty common thing. Yeah. And, And look, like you said, they brought it on themselves. Russ brings it on himself, so you know he's not, you know, the the, the easiest per- yeah. easiest person to to kind of deal with or defend. Um, but at the same time, the Lakers defensively have been good. So and, and it's not just all all Russ, right? Somebody else has got to knock down some shots too. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. Um, I think that they've been um, they've been very good defensively, right? And and they kind of. You know, I mean, Russ is sort of the um, the easy thing to kind of talk about, but, you know, Russ has been a part of that defense. Um, his defensive metrics on the court have been pretty good um, so far this season. He played pretty good clutch time defense against the Clippers for some turnovers. I, I think, like, that's been good. The, the, the qualifier in all of this is they've just been so unavoidably terrible on offense um, as a team, you know, and Russ is a part of that, and he's been – um, maybe worse than anyone else, you know, in some ways, um, in terms of his efficiency and things like that. So, um, you, you know, it, it feels sometimes like you're piling on, but then, you know, you look at the box score and say, well, like, I mean, it is sort of what it is. Uh, Dan, so let's say they trade Russ, or let's say they tell Russ to stay home, or whatever they do with Russ, okay. they do, Okay. Uh, that doesn't solve the problem. The problem is they can't shoot two from the outside. Very different. Those are two very different solutions to this, Fred. Right. I, I mean, that's what I'm saying here. Okay, Westbrook's the problem. He might be a, a part of it, but the bigger he problem is, a, is yes. they can't shoot. He, he is a problem. The team that has problems, right? Like, he is not the problem. Um, but I will say, like, one of the one of the things with Russ, it's all, sometimes it's really hard to separate. And it's not, this is 1,000% not his fault, right? It's sort of, you know, it is what Russ symbolizes too, which is it is $47 million tied up in a non-shooter on a team that needs shooting desperately. Um, When on a team, by the way, too, that is, you know, I mean, constructing a, a, a LeBron James team is like, I mean, always, that's like what you do is you go find shooting, right? Like you put shooters around them. They're going to get wide open shots, and that's just sort of how you you manage this. And I think you know the Lakers have, have struggled to do that, um, and in part, uh, you know, not not a small part of the reason why they struggled to do it is because they've been limited in what they can spend financially in free agency and, and acquire via trades, and that limitation in a lot of ways starts with Russell Westbrook, you know, and that's not his fault. So I think sometimes it's like almost like what he represents, right? It's like it's not who Russell Westbrook makes the Lakers. It's um, who he keeps them from being sort of just by being there, you know, like in terms of like, we, we they, they, they just don't have the resources to address what are pretty obvious problems. Hey, Dan, you're around it. Do you, do you get the sense that even with the players, and you know, I know they always, they say the right things. Hey, we're going to support them. We're going to support that. People are walking around eggshells around Russ. I've had teammates where it's been like that. It's so volatile, you just don't want to stir that pot. You don't want to, you know, 
mess anything up so you don't say anything and you don't deal with yeah. it. Do you feel like that's part of the issue with the Lakers is that they know that this is a volcano ready to explode if they they say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, even to the point of bringing them off the bench. I mean, it, it could explode into something they're not ready for or don't want. How do you feel about, yeah. about the, the rest of the team doing that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's certainly um... – there's elements of that, right, involved here. I mean, I think you don't really have to infer it. I mean, you can see the way that players react on the court um, to Russell's decision-making at the end of the third game. You can see the way players have talked about him. Um, now, look, this doesn't mean guys dislike Russ. I think, you know, in a lot of ways, in a lot of experiences, it's actually the opposite. Um, you know, we talked to Juan Toscano Anderson today. I had shooter on me called Russ one of the top five teammates he's ever had and talked about his humanity um, at length. I know before last season, um, I wrote a story about that, about how, you know, maybe he's misunderstood as like a person, you know, that, that people actually really, really like this guy <clears throat> around the NBA um, as a guy, as a, as a human being. And I think, um, so I do think that there is some, there, there's recognition that those things can be a little separate. That being said, um, you know, he is a huge piece on a, on a team that hasn't won a basketball team yet. And he hasn't played well, um, you know, especially offensively. Right? Like he's played okay, uh, but he hasn't done enough to help them win. And um, the prospect of, you know, potentially partnering him with draft picks in a trade that would make life easier has to be lingering over this thing it feels that way at times right that is sort of like again it's like you're not just looking at russ you're looking at what russ and two first out picks could do to this team to make the situation better right and and that's where it gets really confusing sometimes and that's where it gets can can get really really tough to try to figure out you know what we're actually dealing with what we're um you, you know who's happy who's unhappy who's frustrated and what they're frustrated about right like that's the challenge. But in terms of like a vibe right now, I mean, I think, I mean, the team was, I, I was, I was surprised to see how upset the team was post game after Portland. Um, it did not feel like I was in a locker room for the third game of the season. I, like, I, you know what I mean? Now, now I think we'll look back on that and we'll know more as to what, what that was, but it just, it felt like a real inflection point in terms of frustration. Dan, here's the issue, though. If you move Westbrook, send the first-round picks, get guys back, uh, what you're doing, you're going to get guys back that are going to be with you for a while. Are those guys, mm -hmm. because of the salary cap, going to be enough to push over the top? I mean, that that's the real... I mean, over the top is, like, that's the that's the hard part. I mean, I think you can get better, right, Fred? Yeah. Um, like, I, I think you can improve, and you can add shooting. I think there are trades... You know, I mean, like the most sort of famous one, right? Is like the currently is like the a Buddy Hield Miles Turner trade, like does make you better. Um, but you know, and if you are going to trade your two first round picks, like I mean, I think like you have to be pretty confident that you are going to go into the Miles Turner business this summer in free agency. Um, that you will pay him basically whatever he wants to keep him because you can't lose him. You know, because you don't have the means to sign players um, on the open market that way. And then you've got to kind of decide, like, is Buddy Heald the right guy? I mean, look, um, you know, Indiana is 
been pretty firm on this stuff. It's interesting what's happening there. They've got some pretty good young guards playing, but Matherin from Arizona has played great early in his career. Um, there isn't a lot of use for Buddy Hill now, so like, maybe that price comes down. Maybe it's one pick, Fred, and I think you know if that's the case, then the Lakers jump on it. Um, you know, but I, I do think what you're saying. I mean, that that's it's it's the inclusion of sort of that second round, first round pick, which kind of represents functionally everything, right? That if we're going to give up, quote unquote, everything, we need to make a serious leap. And right now, it's hard to know what that looks like. Um, you know, because even though it's only three games in the regular season, you can add in, you know, five preseason games where this team has shot the ball pretty poorly from three-point range as a collective. And I don't know that adding one three-point shooter to that mix changes it. Um, I don't know if adding two or three changes it, quite frankly, right? Like, you know, you are kind of reverse engineering the Russell Westbrook trade in some ways where you're trying to add more than one rotation piece, and I think that would help. But to your point, do you get good enough? I, I, I don't know. All right, let me ask you this about uh, about Russ. And it seems, mm-hmm. and you're in the middle of this, so you probably better than anyone can talk about it. it. It seems like he's getting a little testy with the media or not very pleasant sure. with them. Have you noticed that? Uh, he doesn't enjoy press conferences. I'll say that, especially when, you know, it's about him and he's being forced to kind of talk about his shortcomings. I think that is a, a pretty a pretty common thing. But, I, I mean, I think what Russ would say is that, hey, Dan, if you had a bad day at your job, you know, when someone grabbed you in the hallway to ask you 10 questions about it with a camera in your face, like, would you be cordial if people told you your verb usage stunk? You know? And, I, I mean, I would say, well, I mean, that seems like a, a $47 million problem and not a, you know, but I make problem. They're like, they're like, there is an element of that involved here, Fred, but I think that's sort of how Russ thinks. Um, he does have general, like a general sort of disdain for that part of the process. But then again, like you can get him on the side and he's in a good mood and he can be, you know, like my, my relationship with him has definitely had ups and downs. Um, but like, they're also up. Right. And I just think, you know, we're seeing a guy right now in a really, really hard spot. And I think like, you know, the testiness with the media to me is like, it does sort of speak to the authenticity of it. Like I know, he has a tendency sometimes as a deflect as a deflection to like kind of like pretend he doesn't understand a question or make someone ask a question two or three times to try to frustrate them or, or get a, a better clear you know wh- whatever is maybe as, as well as appear in that moment. But you know I, I know in those situations like I don't take super offense to it. I mean I think to me like watching him kind of I don't know um, look look and seem frustrated in those moments is like a pretty good window into like it sort of matches what we're seeing on the court. Like, I think it would be weird if he sat there and, and was, you know, in a great mood about how he was playing and how the team was playing. Yeah. And, and Dan, we're talking a lot about Russ. Obviously he's been the focal point. He's been the yeah. target. He's been all of those things. Is that overshadowing the situation that Anthony Davis needs to be Anthony Davis that everybody thought he was going to be when it sure. came to the Lakers. Are we not? Yeah, are and, we, we get, is he getting a pass on all of this? Too, yeah, and I mean, and LeBron too, right? Yeah. I mean, like he's a part of he's a part of these offensive woes as well. Yes, I mean, I think that is. I think there has been a, um, like, I mean, the magnetism of Russ up to this point has been so large. I mean, like, now look, um, 
some of this is his own doing, you know, the, the comments about his hamstring and, um, San Francisco after the season opener kind of drove the news story for, for the news cycle for a day or so, you know, he confronts a heckling fan after the second game, you know, takes the, the ill-advised sort of two for one, the third game, like these things on their own would be a, you know, could lead to like an interesting week or so of coverage. Like, I mean, this stuff has happened after every time they've taken a, a court to play an important game. So, uh, but I do think it's overshadowed other stuff. I mean, there is a, and I mean, I do think that there is a, a real sympathy um, within the Lakers about that. Um, but I also think that it's, you know, I'm I'm not going to say the media is blowing any of this stuff out of proportion. Like this stuff is, these are all very real issues that the Lakers and Russell Westbrook are going through. And um, they are the loudest you know, like, I think that is the thing is like, when you watch it, when you watch a Lakers game, when Russell Westbrook plays, um, this is for good and bad. You know, there's a time is like, I mean, where like, you know, you might not like him, you might dislike him, but you will notice him always. Um, he is impossible to ignore on the basketball court right now. And when you're not playing well, um, that's not a great space. <laughs> you know, like people are going to see some, some pretty rocky stuff and, I think that's been kind of the driving force in our coverage and, and a lot of people's coverage. But, but to your point, like, yeah, I mean, like every like Damian Lillard scored, you know, 40 plus points to, to steal a win for his team. Right. Um, you know, did LeBron James and Anthony Davis, could they respond to that? I mean, they didn't, you know, and that's just a fact. Quick uh, Clipper question. Kawhi on a okay. plane back to LA, they're checking his knee. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going to rush anything, obviously, with him. But uh, Rodney and I talked about it, and it, it really seemed a bit odd that he would have swelling in the knee three games in a- after this much time. Yeah, I mean, I, it's hard to know, right? Like, I mean, it's a it is. You talk to some medical people, and they say like these types of things are expected. That these, um, like, you know, a recovery like this is sort of it's not linear. That's what they tell you, right? Like you don't just like go and keep moving forwards and keep moving and keep moving. Like occasionally you'll, you'll step back a little bit. Um, it's certainly, I think for the Clippers, a little worrisome, you know, uh, that the sort of now, now they can be a very good team without Kawhi Leonard. I, I, they're not the favorites without Kawhi Leonard, you know, or among the favorites. And I think that, you know, that's a, he's their best player. Like they're going to need him. And, um, but I think it's important to remember that like there's good context. And this, this is important with the Lakers too. It's like, we are three games into the season. It is a very long year. Um, you know, I just think it's sometimes like, you know, when these things happen right out of the starting gates, like the, the stakes seem so much higher. Yeah, no doubt. But, but that, that's, that's pressure for the Clippers, right? Because now, they, don't they have to take the next step? Don't they have to get to the finals, Dan? I mean, I mean with, with yeah, Paul I mean, George and Kawhi, about, yeah, I mean, we, yeah, yeah. I mean, like that, like that group's been together a really long time, and you know, if they—that's what you do. You you invest. You know, they've they've been invested, um, and you know, like the the Clippers have provided those two players with a tremendous roster with. Organizationally, they have an incredible infrastructure. They've got they spend a ton on their medical team, like like you know, like the table set. Like you just got to go do it, right? And um, the tricky part is, is like you know, you'd like to say that you know that there are consequences in situations that, like Steve Ballmer can say, well, if you don't do it, I'll find someone who will. Um, 
you know, it's hard to get stars. It's really hard to get stars. And I mean, like the Clippers have two in house and that's usually the, the, the fastest pathway to getting it done is you just kind of keep your own guys. I, I don't sense a, a big change of foot for them, but you know, I will say this. The one thing about them, Rodney, is that they do have the ability at some point to, to put their foot in the ground and, and, and pivot and make a, make a deal. Um, I'm not saying necessarily with Kawhi Leonard or Paul George, but like they have so many rotation pieces. They have so much depth. They even have some youth that they could put together an interesting, you know, two, two for two or three for two type of a trade um, for, for a, a really important player. I mean, they did it last year for Norman Powell and Robert Covington. Um, they could they could go out and get bigger names than that um, this year. They could be in play for for a lot of different people. All right, Dan, we appreciate the info. Uh, enjoy your time in Salt Lake. I'm in Denver. Check that. <laughs> Dan, go back to Salt Lake. I don't know why I said that. I'm in Denver tonight, Brad. I'm in Minnesota. <laughs> the commercial on after the musician Friday. Chicago, we love you. Yeah, I was like, yeah, like you're like Fred, you're in Spinal Tap now. You gotta put you yes. gotta put that on the back of the guitar. Yeah. No, I, actually, I was thinking I have to go to St. George, Utah in a couple of months, and I got I, I was just thinking about that. All right, Dan. Well, enjoy Denver. I will. Thank you very much. All right, there goes our buddy Dan Wojcicki of the LA Times. All right, Rodney, we talked about this early in the show. Let, let's bring it back now because we're going to open the phone lines in a bit and hear from people. By the way, we are giving away UCLA Stanford tickets. Uh, so the Dodgers won 111 games. They get to the playoffs, and it's over. It was like a bomb going off. Jack Harris was on during the first hour. We talked about what happened. Now you look at the Lakers and the Clippers. All right, so the Lakers are off to a terrible start. They're going to win. We don't know when, but they're going to win. And the Clippers are off to kind of a slow start as well. Now, if you're a fan and you're watching the team game after game after game, you obviously want them to win game after game after game. That's just your mindset. You wouldn't watch to see them lose. You wouldn't watch them if it didn't matter. So you want them to win. But in the case of Kawhi Leonard, they send them back because they don't want to, they don't want to push anything now. Slow and steady wins the race. Let's make sure he's okay. We'll worry about this when we get to April, May, and the playoffs roll around. So, Rodney, as a fan, what do you think people want to see? If you're invested in every game, do you want to see them win? Or if you had a crystal ball and you found out, eh, they could be a little over 500, but yet go into the playoffs and get hot, so you know you're going to live with this losing now. You've already decided that. What do you think fans would say? I think the fans want their cake and eat it too, Fred. They want them to be good during the regular season because when they watch them, they're your team and you support them. And when you do watch them, you want them to win. And those games during the regular season against uh, Portland or Phoenix or Utah or anybody like that, or if the Dodgers are playing San Francisco or Pot, you want them to win. You want them to beat those teams that are in your division. You want to beat those teams from the East Coast. You want to, you want your team to win. And, of course, you want them to be so ready for the postseason that they go win a title. Um, so, yeah, most fans, I think, want their cake and eat it, too, because they don't want to watch a mediocre team during the season. Because most fans want to watch during the season. Unless you're a fan that doesn't watch any sport or any basketball or any baseball until the playoffs start, then you don't care. But most fans are not like that. You and I, we most fans will sit up and watch the whether it be the Dodgers, the Lakers, or the Clippers watch their games during the regular season. You want and you're rooting for them. You want them to see them play well. 
Um, but I think if you go and say, well, okay, what's the trade-off? Then you take them being 500 if they can light it up in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think this speaks to what we see in the NBA, and we talked about it in the past, load management. I mean, there are games yeah. guys aren't going to play. It's pretty cut and dry. They're just not going to play. As a matter of fact, they have them built in for some guys because they want them ready when the playoffs start. They want them ready later in the year. To be fair, Clayton Kershaw pitched for the Dodgers, had a perfect game in Minnesota. Dave Roberts took him out because he didn't want him to get hurt. He had just come back, and he wasn't stretched out enough. What happens anyway? Later in the season, he gets hurt. So if you're spending money and going to these games, and I can go back to my Cleveland Cavalier Clipper game when LeBron walked onto the bench and was drinking a Starbucks, and my kids were disappointed, so was I. I mean, who doesn't want to see Ish Smith instead? The point is, if you're going, you want to see the stars. That's why you're going. And when you have load management, things like that, you're not going to see them because what you're being told really is to us, this game is not that impor- as important as it would be when we get to the playoffs. I'm just wondering what the fans think. 866-987-2570. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are you with them during the regular season? Or would you rather see guys take nights off? Or just know that they're going to be okay, they're not going to be great. But then you get fired up for the postseason. Log on to our Instagram at AM570LA Sports. A chance to win center court tickets. Section 111 to see the Clippers take on the Rockets this Monday at the Crypt. Listen to every play on your home of the Clippers. AM570LA Sports. Now, your chance to win $1,000. Just enter this nationwide keyword on our website. Grand. That's grand. Enter it now. Do it. AM570LASports.com. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much. Yes. Speaking of which, traffic. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Bro, yo, it's Cruz, J. Cruz, Cruz Show, Real 923. Tap in. You're listening to Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete. Bye, y'all. A million dollars don't excite That's right. Tap in on a hump day, Ronnie. Look at you. Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan. All right, Rodney, what do fans want? What do you want, Fred? What do I want? (laughs) I want both like you said. I would be really disappointed if I spent money to go to a game and a couple of guys aren't playing because they don't want to overwork them, they don't want to overstress them, and they want them to to be ready later in the year. You know, it's not like when Michael Jordan or Kobe played. They want to play every game. They want to play every game, and Kobe always believed I want to be there because people are paying, and this might be their only chance to see me. So he didn't miss a lot of games unless he was hurt. 
Uh, but it's different now. There's more load management. Guys taking nights off, even early in the year. I don't know, uh, back-to-backs, things like that. Back in the day, that didn't happen. But it happens now. And what do fans think? Are you is okay? It, because we know more now. Maybe. We know more about our bodies. We know more about injuries. We know more about if you strain your body on back-to-backs and strain your body by playing three, four games a week, then uh, you're not going to last when it comes to playoff time. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what fans know? They're still paying to go. Right. So we do know more about our body. But what a fan knows is I'm paying to go. Yeah, we're not stretching pitchers out to eight, nine innings anymore. I mean, things like that. I've, medical and analytics have come into it, but as studies have come out about stress and strain on your body is is fed into a lot of that as well. Yeah, and the other side of it is, uh, if you knew all along, if you went to a game, they were going to lose, but somehow, some way, you, you knew that that's all right. You know, when they get they're to the, be playoffs, in the playoffs, yeah, yeah they're going to be in the playoffs and they got a shot to win it all. You knew that going in. Right. But they, they're playing at half strength during most of the season. Right. You okay with that? Are you okay with that? Let's just take Solomon real quick. Go ahead, Solomon. Yeah, you know, guys, here's the thing. The ring is the thing. Call it load management. I mean, look, you know, sports has completely changed. I'm 73, so I've watched, watched a, a huge turn, you know, turn of events, so to speak, in sports. But I'm okay with my team being at least competitive. I don't want them to be in the toilet, but if they're competitive enough, get into the postseason, and they can advance and maybe get that ring, I'm good with that. As a Dodger fan, I'll trade with the San Diego Padres right now any day of the week. I'll give them 111 wins. I'll be 22 games behind them, but I would I continued in the postseason, and you went home. That's good enough for me. Thanks, Solomon. By the way, there's a Twitter poll out. 99% of the country wants the Phillies to win the World Series. Oh, yeah. The only place they want to win the World Series is Houston, Texas. Yeah. Everybody is, yeah. is pulling against the Astros. Everybody, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. You think that ever changes? No. No. Maybe it, eventually, uh, but it'll take a while. Uh, well, you know, eventually is what, 10 more years? Yeah. yeah you're right. I don't uh, think you're exaggerating yeah. in that either. It might be a decade. Like a whole so. new generation yes. has to come about, right, right, in order to start to like the, uh, like the Astros again. Yeah, and what's really unfortunate about that is the majority of the guys that were there are gone. Yeah, there's like three left, right? Yeah. So all these new guys are sitting there, and Dusty Baker, Yeah. and they hear it every game. Taking it. Yeah, just taking it. Taking it every game. And the majority of the guys that did it are gone. And everybody came yeah. out okay. Except yeah. the general manager. And, and the thing about it, if, if they do win it, um, you just wonder how they're going to react to it. You know, speaking of the guys that were there, and then just as a team, it's going to be looked upon as just those cocky Astros, and, you know, it's still going to revert back to they cheated back in 17, and we're not even going to give them the time of day. Yet, you know, you wonder if some of them are going to be overly cocky about if they win it. Of course they will, because it's their chance to tell everybody we're going to stick it right to you. See, now we're not cheating, and we weren't even here when it happened. By the way, if they don't right. beat the Phillies here, people are talking about the 2020 Dodgers having an asterisk next to theirs. Oh, yeah. What if the Astros don't win a World Series after 2017? Sure, they made it against Washington and lost. They made it here if they lose to Philly. They would have only won one world championship with that core, and that would have been right. in tainted 2017. 
So what has a bigger asterisk next to it? 2017 or 2020? That's a good point. I know what exactly. I think my answer is. Yeah, 2017. Yeah. 100%. 100%. We get all this talk about Dodgers because we live it. But think about that. Think about the Astros and how many times they've been right there. And you can call it a collapse. You can call it better teams, hotter teams, whatever it was. They've only got one World Series out of this whole last six, seven years that they've been right there in the thick of things, having great seasons. One World Series win. And that one was tainted. David in Valencia. Okay, Dave, we appreciate you calling. You're okay with load management? Yeah, I'm okay with it as long as you get, you know, I think the rule should be you can't take a day off if you're on the road. Like, because there are players that go, or people that pay to see players that are traveling. So, but as, as for my home team, I'm okay if they're doing the best that they can to, you know, to get ready for the playoffs. I'm okay with that. I have no problem. But the other question I wanted to ask to put to you guys is, you know, Coach Ham comes in saying that he's going to have everybody sacrifice. If he's going to have people sacrifice, why isn't Anthony Davis playing down on the block where nobody can cover him? And why isn't he telling Russell Westbrook just to shut the heck up? And then my last thing is, and this is really a plea for the audience, please stop telling Rod Parker he's funny. He, he's not a comedian. He's a funny guy, but he's not a comedian, guys. He's just not a comedian. Thanks, David. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Stop it, Brett. Well, Stop it, telling me he's a comedian. Yeah, that's on me. If, if, you know, if you're concerned about why Anthony Davis <laughs> is not at a certain place on the court, well, that's not where they're telling him to go. I mean, the sacrifice is do this. Okay, if they told him go there, I'm sure he would. <laughs> but if you watch it slowly, like you watch him, he slowly starts to drift. Yeah, moving out because he he's is. Just, he's he playing more there. center. He's playing yeah. more center this year, but he's getting like, yes. to Rodney's point. The later in the game, the more and more he moves closer to the three point line. Exactly. And the more and more the big step away from him and turn their back and go get the rebound. Yeah, because he's deadly from there. Yeah, for the Lakers, unfortunately, that's the problem. Rodney, did you see the uh, the resolution to the NFL referee story? Did you see this, Mike Evans? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. He's won some golf lessons. Yeah, yeah after the that. game on uh, Sunday, uh, Mike Evans of the Buccaneers is walking through the tunnel. And somebody, and by the way, understand, in this world, you have no privacy. It doesn't matter where you're at or what you're doing. You can always be recorded one way or the other. So somebody is recording and gets a picture and a video of Mike Evans walking off the, the field and two of the officials yelling at him as they come through the tunnel. Yeah. Two of the officials. And then you see them stop and Mike Evans writes something down. And you're thinking, my God, did they ask him for an autograph? Optically, it looked terrible. So the NFL said, we're going to investigate this. Okay, then they investigated and they found out that, no, they didn't ask for an autograph. Uh, they were trying to get Mike Evans' phone number so one of the officials could set him up with his golf coach and help Mike Evans with his game. Uh, do the players and the uh, officials, Rodney, what kind of relationship do they have and what kind of relationship should they have? Um, with certain ones, you, you have more of a relationship with certain ones. And I've been, I've, you know, been in games or prior to games where, um, you know, I've, I've, talk to to different officials or 
or and, and talked more about football, more about you know, outside of football, like how's the family and they know what I'm doing in the offseason, stuff like that. And it gets to that, but I've not had one ask for an autograph or a picture or anything like that. Um, but yeah, you you there's certain ones that you know a little bit more than others, and 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 it felt like that was just more of a real organic moment that that it was a conversation that the ref had with the with the golf pro who knew Mike and uh, both from Texas and wanted to have uh, get to him and. And, and and the opportunity presented itself. Um, but you're right. The optics looked bad. looked like he was asking for an autograph, which is absolute no-no. Uh, we had Joe West, veteran umpire, cowboy Joe West on the show. Remember, Rodney? Yeah. I asked him at that point what the relationship between umpires and players was. Actually, we were kind of like the officers and the enlisted men. We didn't. We would only see them in things like golf tournaments and charity functions and stuff like that. And um, but um, this, like you said, we we were not friends with the ball players until maybe they retired or something. And it's really funny how you look at uh, how many of them respected what you did and they appreciated what you did. Yeah, the officers yeah. and the enlisted men. <laughs> yeah, don't go in there. Don't talk to them. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty true, but you know, what happens too a lot is that you get a lot of the officials when they get to, uh, when they're kind of training for the season, they'll come out and work training camps and they'll be at practices. And so they'll spend three or four days with you and you start to develop relationships with them that you, you start talking about a lot of different things. A lot of it stems from, you know, what are you going to call on this play? What is actually holding on this particular situation? How are you going to call that? You you know, you beat their brain up about that, but then it evolves into other stuff. And so, yeah, and then you see them during the course of a game and you might have conversations more than just hi, hello just to some of them. I remember a couple of years ago when the Clippers were playing the Suns in the playoffs and I was in Phoenix, I'd never seen this. Scott Foster works every playoff game. Every big game, Scott Foster is there for the NBA. For better or worse. <laughs> Kevin, for better or worse. <laughs> Don't ask Chris Paul about that. Yeah, but he's always there. And, and, and when you watch him and, and you're just watching on TV, I mean, you think this guy is completely unapproachable. But I, And I mentioned this. When I was there, you know, during timeouts and TV commercials, he was talking to everybody. Players were coming up to him throughout the entire timeout period, asking him questions, talking about calls, and he engaged with every single player or coach during the timeout, you didn't see that on TV. You don't see it. But, I mean, yeah. he seemed like the most approachable guy in the league. Yeah. What's the guy that Charles Barkley uh, had a good relationship with? They even they Dick, used to kiss. It was Dick Bavetta. Dick Bavetta? Yeah. 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 They raced one time, but they used to – they had a really good and close relationship. Uh, you got to understand that everybody's a human being. Everybody's is, is a person. Yeah. And – uh I'm sorry, this just reminded me, when Michael Jordan played for the Wizards, I don't remember who the official was, uh, but there was a foul call, and Michael went up to the official, and he was either he was mic'd up or the ref was mic'd up, I forget. And Mike basically convinced me, he was like, it wasn't on me, and, and the referee was like, really, it wasn't? And Mike's like, no, I didn't do it. He was like, all right. He said, it's not on Michael, it's on this guy, like Rip Hamilton or something. <laughs> he basically just listened <laughs> to Michael Jordan when Michael told him he didn't foul him. He was like, all right, Mike, I got you. It's on Rip, it's not on Mike. <laughs> Like, like, really? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, it wasn't on me. And the official said, no, I understand. Yes, it was. 
I thought that's what that's, you were going to say. That's how it should have gone. Yeah, that's how it should have gone. That's what you saw. Yeah. All right, we have an update on a story we brought you a couple of weeks ago. Uh, few guys had to face the judge. They've been charged. Charged in court with cheating in a fishing tournament. We have an update. Too big, too strong, Kawhi Leonard. Stop me if you've heard this one before. The L.A. Clippers are in Oklahoma City to take on the Thunder. Clippers Countdown kicks off tomorrow at 4 p.m. Right here on L.A.'s home for Clippers basketball. AM 570 L.A. Sports. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much, yes. Speaking of which, traffic. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, it's your girl Nina Chantel. You're listening to my homies, Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports, your home of the Dodgers. Dance a little Come on, let's go. Let's go. On a hump day. On the full length today, Freddy. Come on, Fred. Do it. All right, now the story of Jacob Runyon and Chase Kaminsky. Yeah, you may remember. Uh, they were the guys that weighted their fish at a tournament on Lake Erie and uh, were caught cheating. And it really wasn't the first time they were caught cheating. But this, this caught national attention because somebody was recording when the judge cut open the fish to make sure all was kosher, and they found these weights in the fish. And it seems as if they have done this in the past. Remember, in fishing, you have to take a lie detector test. Uh, They failed it in the past. And also in fishing tournaments, it is commonplace for all the fish that are caught to be turned over to local restaurants or, or people that need food. And they refused to ever let their fish be turned over. They wouldn't let them give the fish away. They took them. So anyway, we know what happened. They cut open the fish. They found the weights. $28,000 was up for grabs in this tournament. And uh, all the people were very upset. I don't think they'll be allowed to compete uh, in fishing tournaments anymore. You think? But what happened was, now you tell me if if uh, the punishment fits the crime. It's a fishing tournament. They put weights in the fish. They found the weights. They were cheating. They were indicted earlier this month on felony charges of cheating, attempted grand theft, possessing criminal tools, which must be the weights, and misdemeanor charges of unlawfully owning wild animals. I don't know where Uh, they came from. Where did the wild animals come from? I don't know what that meant. Are the fish the wild animals? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Wild salmon. Some wild cod, Fred. Okay, well, that means everybody that fished possessed wild animals as well. Uh, They were released Wednesday on personal bonds of $2,500 each, but uh, they pled not guilty to cheating and other charges. Okay, would this punishment, does this punishment fit the crime, or is it a little much, Rodney? I don't know. I'm not a judge. but uh, So they got felony charges. Of cheating. Of cheating. Attempted grand theft. Tim Grant up, which would be 
cheating and winning money. Money right. was involved in exchange of money. So yeah, they're they're stealing basically because they cheated. Possessing that. possessing criminal tools. Yes, the weights. Yeah. Criminal and tools with the intent of cheating. Yeah. Hey, this is a what was the purse of that turn? It's a big money tournament, right? Twenty eight grand. Mm. Yeah. Hey. Don't do the crime if you don't want to do the time for it. No, I got you. Pay. I get you. If that had not been recorded, this would not even be an issue, you know? The blatant, the blatant cheating that they did. Yeah, but how do you deny it? How do you say we're not guilty? Is that what they pleaded, not guilty? Yeah. How do you say we didn't do that? On all counts? Yeah. We didn't do that. Uh, it's on tape. No, we just caught the fish. I can't believe it. The fish we caught actually somehow ingested weights while they were in the water. And also, in a bizarre development, also ingested a fish fillet while they were in the water. How did that happen? Crazy right. fish. You right. never know what's happening underneath that water. Every time we go fishing, it's the damnedest thing. In these tournaments, our fish just happen to eat weights. I don't know. Maybe somebody else could have caught one with a weight in it. But ours just happen yes. to be swimming around and eating weights. Hey, it's big business. People spend a lot of money on their equipment, on their time, uh, and and effort to, to be legitimate in these tournaments. And, yes, the, the only way to deter something like this is to make it a stiff punishment. I'm, I'm a firm believer in the stiff punishment for certain situations like this, Fred. Well, they lured them in, didn't they? That was terrible. <laughs> okay. a rim shot uh, Fred. You went all Rob Parker joke on that one there. <laughs> uh, we're still giving away UCLA tickets. UCLA Stanford. So be ready for those. We'll give you a cue to call. And, uh, oh, we need a listener haiku, Kevin. We sure do. Okay. 866-987-2570. To pay honor and tribute to Vic, we are asking you to provide the daily haiku. So if you have it, if you've been working on it, if you've been holding it, now would be your opportunity. Call us for our spirituality. We will take a listener haiku next. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.